that some of you you're right on the edge of entering into the presence of the Lord and you constantly come to this place and you hit this wall that you just feel that you cannot just break through it's like you come to this place and you know that something inside of you is going to break and you're having a hard time just getting right over that edge keep coming to it but you cannot be afraid of what's going to happen when you do break through that so together what we're going to do is continue to worship but do you know that when Joshua led the Israelites they marched around that wall let me tell you something they were silent for many days it was many days that the Lord told them that you are going to march around And your adversary is going to see you. They are going to oppose you. They are going to ridicule you. They are going to make fun of you. And that you will be in such a position where your mind is going to tell you, what are we doing? But the day came, the Lord said, when I tell you, you are going to lift up a shout. And when you do, the walls are going to come down. And right now, I feel that some of you have been at that cusp just right there where you've been silent. But you know and you feel it rising inside of you. So what we're going to do is we're going to just break that wall this morning. We're just going to break that wall down. And we're all going to worship Jesus together. And I don't want you to be afraid. I don't want you to worry about what it sounds like. I don't want you to worry about the person next to you. I want you to shout the name of Jesus because you know that that is the Lord of your life. He is the Lord of your life. So on the count of three, here's what I want to do. I want everyone to just shout Jesus loud enough for the whole city to hear. We're going to break that wall and we're going to come into this place together. And when we do this, it's going to lose something inside of you and you're going to overcome this place that you have been coming up to. This wall, it's going to come down. Amen? Amen? So we're going to do this and the walls are going to come down right now. In Jesus' mighty name, don't be afraid to lose your voice because your voice is unique to the Lord. No one else has the voice that you have and the voice that He's given you. So on the count of three, we're going to shout Jesus like He is coming right now and there's no tomorrow. So one, two, three, Jesus! Hallelujah! Woo! 
I felt the fire. I could feel that. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. 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 Glory, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are worthy of it all. Jesus. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things. To you are all things. You alone deserve the glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus. Glory, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. In the name of Jesus. Glory, 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 glory. The beautiful name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. That sound right there was pleasing to the Lord. It was so pleasing to the Lord. And some of you, there was something that just broke inside of you. Because you became vulnerable with the Lord. And that was a shout of victory. And the Holy Spirit is loosing something inside of you right now. An area that you've been holding back. And I want to encourage you. to shout victory over your life because that wall just broke demons tremble at the shout of victory 
the religious devils over this city begin to flee when the body of Christ comes into agreement and shouts the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory, hallelujah. I'm just going to continue to wait on the Holy Spirit to see what He wants to do. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. Before I came, I, I was talking to my wife and I said, I need, a, I need to fast before I go. Clear my mind and just get in position, see what the Lord wants to do. If you've been here the past two days, I've been sharing some pretty vulnerable stories about my relationship with my wife and how strong she is and how direct she is with me. How she encourages me and how when I begin to slack, she's there to correct me. I was talking to her on the way here this morning. I said, good morning, sweetheart. How are you? And she said, hey, remember when you began to fast? Or said you were going to fast? I said, well, I love you too. No, good morning. You know? <laughs> she said, you remember that? I said, yes, yes, I do. She said, that was just you. I said, oh, okay. And she said, the Holy Spirit's telling me to tell you. You need to trust him. Trust him this morning. She has no idea what's been happening the past few days. But for her to speak to me this morning, say, just trust the Holy Spirit. That wasn't for me alone. That was for all of us. She said, just trust the Holy Spirit. That's what we're going to do this morning, is we're going to trust the Holy Spirit to do what He wants to do. Not me, not the words, not my opinion, not my understanding, not yours. The Holy Spirit's. We're going to move with the Holy Spirit and give Him room and freedom to move. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, glory, glory. Yesterday, before we started the service, the Holy Spirit had us in unity come into a place of intercession. Um, and I want... I want Mr. Burr, if you'll share what the Holy Spirit showed you yesterday, just briefly, real quick. We, we came into this place of intercession, and we began to pray. And over the past few days, the Lord's been talking about unity in the body. And I were to come into this place where we work together, but that every gift would be exercised because we all have a role, we all have purpose. And as we began to do that... Yesterday, that, that was the Holy Spirit. That was only the Holy Spirit. There was no plan for that. There was nothing going on that we said, let's do this. The Holy Spirit brought us into a place of unity together for intercession. And as the Holy Spirit gave things for those, you know, put on people's lives and said, hey, let's pray for this. I want to pray for this. We all came into agreement and the Holy Spirit began to move and the presence of God filled this place. But while that was happening, the Holy Spirit showed Miss Roberta what was going on in the spirit. He showed her something. And it was so important. I, want, I wanted to share that with you so you can see how that happened and what came to be in that position. Um, I, when we were interceding, I just saw the Holy Spirit moving around, going in a circle. 
that he was pulling us together into a place of unity. And it was not only a place of this church, a place in unity, but it was for each family to come into a place of unity. And so we, we invoke the power of that spirit of fear Amen. and proclaim that you guys haven't been given a spirit of fear or this church, but power, love, and a sound mind. And so as we move in that spirit of unity, we're going to move in power, we're going to move in love, and we're going to move in a soundness of mind. Amen. So it was for the individual families in the church, but it was also for the church to work in a place of unity. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Amen. How awesome is the Holy Spirit that he would give us direction, instruction. He would open our eyes to see things. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, the past few days, we've been talking about, again, the unity of the Holy Spirit in the body. And every person has a role. Every person has a role. Every person has a purpose. And the Lord's equipped you with certain gifts in your life. That you would walk in those things according to the grace and the measure that the Lord's given you. And what that looks like is not one person. And so I want to I make this clear. When the Lord asked me to step into ministry and called me forward. It was not so that I would be the only individual doing anything. But the purpose was that I would be able to, and my hope is that you are stirred up and equipped in the Holy Spirit. That you walk in the fullness of what he has given you. So the past few days we've had different things happening. Intercession, we'd all speak out. We've had different people praying. During the ministry line, there's gifts that are so vital to the body. And it can't just be me. It can't be one person. Our eyes have to be on Jesus and only him. But the gifts given to the body are for the edifying of the body. That's why multiple of us have been ministering so that the Holy Spirit can move through each gift to empower your life, to help you, to break the strongholds, to help you in the areas that you've been struggling in. It doesn't mean you're weak. It means that as a body, we are lifting up every joint that we would all come into unity and move forward together. But you have a purpose. And we've been talking about faith and boldness. Stepping out and answering the call. How many of you in here know that the Lord has called you and has equipped you and given you gifts and he is preparing you for ministry? How many of you know that? Amen. Amen. Well, now that you know that, it's your responsibility to obey the Lord. It's your job to obey the Lord and follow him as he makes steps for you. That means when he opens a door for you and puts you in position to begin to speak or pray for someone, that means you follow the Holy Spirit. He will equip you, stir up those gifts. He will give you the words to speak. And today we're going to look at a few different things there. But the Holy Spirit's also asking me to be vulnerable and transparent with you to show you a few different things. This is the second time I've been here. And I haven't shared so much about my life. And I want to share some of these things because what the Holy Spirit's telling me to do this morning. I'm not afraid of telling you what's gone on in my life and the different things I've overcome. It's important that you hear it because when you look at a minister or anyone in ministry, you only see the fruit of where they are standing in in that moment. You have no idea what they've gone through. You don't know the labor sometimes. You don't know all the times of discouragement that we also go through. This is not about, I'm included in that. 
And so if you look at someone and they say, hey, this is how I'm walking in ministry, and you begin to look at it as a doctrinal setting, like that must be the only way, you're going to miss what the Lord has for you because he's not going to replicate someone else's life for you. And it is not someone else's walk with the Lord will not fulfill yours because you're not account for someone else. You're not going to hold account for anyone. You're holding account for yourself. And so in these things, I want you to be built up and encouraged that you're not the only one that deals with anything. But also, as I share some of these things that I've gone through, just know it's going to look different for each and every one of you. And you have to obey the Holy Spirit as he guides you and leads you and talks to you. I was born in La Mirada, California. Anybody ever been out there? California, Anaheim, Disneyland area? No one you have? Amen. Come on. Yeah, it's a good place. I grew up going to Disneyland. Fun time. That's where I was born and raised. My parents were missionaries. I grew up in a strong household with the understanding and the knowledge of God. I never knew God. I saw the power of the Holy Spirit moving. I knew about the gift of tongues. I knew about His healing power. I knew about the power of God. I knew about the gifts. I knew the Bible was real. I never had a relationship with the Lord. Got involved into some gang activity. If you don't see that on me or say, hey, I don't see you being a person like that, praise God, I don't want you to. It's an old person, it's dead, it's gone. But that is what I grew up in. I had made plans for some very horrible things. My family was split at a time when they were trying to follow God and we were younger. They moved to Texas. But they left me with one of my uncles and they left my sister with an aunt. So my family was divided at that time. And they were doing the best they could to follow God, but also still take care of their kids and give us the best that they could, which was at least keep us with family members that would keep us in school. It didn't go so well. I got in trouble with the law. So bad that I would have gone straight to juvie, house arrest, then I would have been tried in as an adult. And it would have not ended good for my life. So my dad found that out. He hopped on a bus. Two days later, he showed up at my uncle's house from Texas. He told nobody. He showed up at his house and said, pack your bags. He said, I'm taking you home. And if he never would have done that, my life would have not been where I'm at right now because all the consequences of my decisions would have come forward. But there was grace and mercy in those moments. So I fast forward. Let's go to Texas. I get involved in the same things again. But now I'm also dealing with depression because I was plucked out of where my life was setting. I locked myself in a room, didn't come out unless to eat, go to the store, maybe watch a movie with my family. And we lived in a small little trailer. And my parents, now all the families together, brought my sister, brought everyone back. And we don't even know how to converse or be a family unit because we've been apart so long. So we're just fighting, we're divided, all these things. But my parents found a church in the midst of all those things that they were faithful to. And he said, you need to come to church with us. I said, no, I don't want to do that. He said, come on, go to church. No, I don't want to go to church. Why am I going to church? Never, I, you, I don't go. That's not where I want to be. It's not what I want to do. Then they became youth pastors and said, come on, let's go to church. Then it became this thing where every time I stepped out, see, my parents couldn't control me. I was a rebellious person. I had such a rebellious spirit. But here's what the Lord did with my mother. So you're going to intercede for your son, regardless of anything that happens. So because I wouldn't stand face to face with her and listen to the words that she was giving me, 
she found out how to get those words across to me. So when I was sneaking out of my window to go do some things, she knew it. She would not come tell me to stop. She wouldn't enter the room and say, where are you going? I would hear from across the room, whatever you do in the dark is going to come to the light. And I was like, dang it. Now the accountability set in. Now I'm convicted. I was like, ah, if I could have just made it out the window before she did that, I would have been okay. But what began to happen is those words would sit on me. So then I would go and do things and I would have to make the decision to override those words, override my conscience. Because I was born again. I was born again. I knew I was. But I was making all the wrong decisions because no one taught me who I was in Christ. No one gave me a foundation of what the born again experience is and what happens when you're born again. See, when you're born again, you're immediately taught by someone else. And here's the thing. I'm not against anyone teaching you. but I'm against someone teaching you out of their own ideology because your understanding becomes theirs. And you begin to walk after their understanding. And if they're in bondage and they're lost and confused, so will you be. So that's why it's important that we yield to the Holy Spirit. So when someone is born again, we begin to give them the truth, which is sin has no dominion over you. You walk in freedom. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he will give you power. And you will walk in dominion and authority. And the fruit of the Spirit is in you. And you can yield over to him. You can walk in newness of life. You can walk holy and righteous before the Lord because Christ is in you. And that was his life exemplified in the Gospels. And you can obey the Holy Spirit as he leads you. What would happen if we taught people from the moment they were born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, you have power. Lay your hands on the sick and they will be healed. Rather than you aren't good enough yet. Go pray for 10 years, maybe fast, read your word because you don't know anything. And one day you'll get there. So what we do is we cause this pattern constantly. That's called religion. But if we are willing to teach people the truth from the moment that they are born again, come into the place, come into the kingdom and give them the truth of the gospel and they begin to operate out of that place, we can't be jealous when the Lord's using them and not us. Because it's part of the body. They are in the body now. Our job is that we are to grow them, help them, we are to nurture them, protect them when they are under us, shepherd them and keep the wolves at bay. And then when it's time for the Lord to release them, to let them go. And let them work with the Lord. But always have the house open for them to come and receive help. And receive instruction. That when they are going through battles and they're going through hardship in life. They can come and find rest with the leadership. Not you're an error. I don't like what you're doing. That's overcoming what I'm doing. That's greater than me so I'm going to put you down. You run from those type of people. No one taught me those things. So I was still giving in to sin. So now we're in Texas. My parents are youth pastors. And my mom says, I'm not giving you the option no more. You're coming. So you're going to come to the youth group. So I go to youth group. When I get there, I thought I was cool because I was like that new kid, right? And everyone's like, oh, this is my, my mother and my father, Tony and Rosie. I'm like, this is Rosie's son. And everyone's coming. Wow, she, has a, she does have a son. He is real. She's not just telling people she has a son. He is. We can put a face to him. So I become part of this youth group. I start playing on the worship band. They're looking at me for leadership all of a sudden, and I don't know why. I don't know what's going on, but now these young adults, you know, my peers, they're around me, and they're so excited there's a new person. But there's something about you we're drawn to. 
And I don't even recognize those things yet. So here comes someone from another church. This is what's so important. From a different church, a different youth group, by the name of Jenny Charles, which is Nathan, whom you know, to sister-in-law. She comes to the church and asks my mom, would you like to come to this conference we're doing? It's called The Person That I Am. I want to invite you and your youth to come and join mine, and we're all going to be here in one accord. So my mom says, yes, I'm bringing all my youth. We're coming. She says, you're coming to this conference. I said, sure, let's go. We get to this conference, and they give me this ticket, and they said, we're doing raffles. Now, let me tell you how good God is and how also he, he's kind of a bully. He pokes on you. He draws you. And if you test him, he, he's going to come through, and he will prove himself. So they give me this ticket. I said, okay, God, if I'm here for a reason, you're going to draw my name. I'm going to win something. The raffle comes. I'm the winner. I said, no, I'm not going to pay attention to that. I said, Lord, if you got something for me and if you're real, you'll call me out by name. The minister by the name of Pastor Alan Taylor stops the service, says, young man, what's your name? I said, this is unreal. I said, no way. So what's your name? I said, Daniel. Drops a word of knowledge. I've never experienced the presence of God comes over me. I said, there's no way this man knows anything like that. Gives me a word about what's in my heart. Only God could have known that. But God was using the vessels in his life that were willing to obey him to reach mine. So I decided I'm going to go outside. I'm done with this youth conference. I go outside. I hear the door open behind me. And you know who's running after me? Nathan. Here comes Nathan. I'm maybe 15 at the time. He's 17 turning 18. We're young. Where are you going? Hey, come back. I turn around. I'm this gangster, thugged out kid. Nathan's already cleaned up. You know, I'm like, who is this guy running at me? I think he has a pink polo shirt on. So I'm like, what's this? Who is this? You know, he says, come in, come back in. I want you to come. Later, I find out that when he was on stage playing, Holy Spirit singled me out. And he said, you're going to come after this young man. To this day, Nathan's my best friend. He is my brother. We talk all the time. We share what the Lord's doing in our life. We have never... He's moved to Texas recently. In 20, almost 20 years. This is the first time we've been apart that long. When I saw him, he was weeping. I started crying. My friend! Oh, you know, we're, we're sharing and we're excited. But the Lord brought that together. That, that brotherhood. So Nathan says, hey, you need to start spending time with me. Come to my house and let's pray. I said, okay. So I'm sitting in his room one morning. He's making coffee because that's the Lord. You got to have your coffee. And I hear him. He starts praying in tongues. He starts praying in the Holy Spirit. I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit. I hear him and I know what he's doing because I've known this. But I'm sitting there. I'm running out of things to say. I'm like, Lord, I pray for the chair he's sitting on. Don't let it break. Help me. Lord, just increase my family's finances. You know, things I know to pray. Lord, I'm coming up with all kinds of stuff. So one day we're in his garage studio, little thing. If he hears this, he's going to laugh because I'm sharing all these things about him. But we're in this garage, me, him, my future brother-in-law, and another friend of ours. And we just said, let's play some worship music, start praying. Because we're so in love with God at this point. We have nothing else. Middle school was the last of my education. 
no high school, GED, tested out, did all kinds of things because of my decisions. But the Lord in all that was gracious and merciful. Not against your education, nothing like that. Those were my decisions. But you follow the Holy Spirit wherever he's leading you. That means if he's taking you to school or not, it doesn't matter. You follow him. I want to make sure I say that because some people have heard that. and They're like, oh, I don't need school. Don't. Don't start cutting things out. You never know what the Lord's doing. Because if you're going to put a needle in my arm, man, you better have gone to school and know what you're doing. If you need to draw some blood, you're not going to just come poke me, you know. You've got to have some education. If something you're doing, I'm just saying. But we're in this garage. We're worshiping. And I could feel the presence of God coming. I feel the presence of the Lord. And Nathan looks at me and says, hey, you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, are you? I said, no, I'm not. Now, if you know Nathan, he will find you if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost. His heart burns for that. But he looks at me, you're not. I said, no. He said, we're going to pray for you right now. Do you want to be filled? I said, absolutely. So I'm, I'm lifting my hands like this. And he comes to just put his hands on me. And I just remember, he's going, Father, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, before anything's even said, bam, we hit the floor. This power takes us, I'm trembling and shaking. And this groaning comes out of my spirit. And it just starts rolling out of me. And this tangible fire comes over us. And I'm telling you, when I felt this tangible fire, oh, I couldn't close my hands. I mean, it is the power of God. It's real. And when you feel that, there's no denying the realness and the power of the Lord. The power of the Holy Spirit. And little did we know, the one hour we went into that room and that started, it's about three, four hours later that we come up and we're like, oh my gosh, what happened? So now we're excited and we keep doing that. And we keep experiencing the Lord. I made this prayer when I was younger. Lord, if there's anywhere in here, if you're real. I remember sitting down and saying, take me wherever Wherever I can see the truth of this word, if you're real. Show it to me. I'll go. Well, a prayer that I prayed when I was young was already working. God was lining all kinds of things up to get me where I needed to go. At the age of 18, I moved to Tulsa with 100 bucks in my pocket. Nothing. I'm scared out of my mind because I don't know what I'm doing. Don't know where I'm going. Pack up into a two-bedroom apartment with almost nine guys. Can only imagine how crazy that was. Nine guys in a two-bedroom apartment. All saying we're seeking the Lord. We're all praying. We're all going to start fasting. And we're all dealing with ourselves at the same time. And we're all growing up. You can only imagine the types of arguments we had. And the types of things that went on. But then I get to this church where the power of the Holy Spirit is present. And I begin to be taught by the Holy Spirit. What I'm taught is sit before the Lord. Pray in the Spirit. Fast. Read your word. Meditate on the word. Confess the word. And all these years that I've been doing that, you go through this time where you feel like there's nothing happening in my life. What is going on? Lord, why am I going through the season year after year after year after year? But then the moments start coming where the Holy Spirit starts bringing those things in you forward. All of a sudden, the power of God starts showing up in your life and you feel like you need to pray for someone. But then you're too scared to do it because you've always been taught you're not good enough. I'm telling you, you are good enough. And you have everything you need to walk in the fullness of Christ. You have everything you need to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. What does this say? You shall receive 
power. So now I'm this young guy. I'm zealous for the Lord. Oh, this is going to be good. And I am wanting to step out in faith. I'm wanting to step out and obey the Lord. So here's some, here's some things that I went through. I remember going to Starbucks. How many you guys are all familiar with Starbucks? It's packed all the time. People show up riding their bikes, you know, and they leave them outside. I remember being in this parking lot. And I'm walking to this small little truck I had at the time, having my cup of coffee. I'm walking, and I see in the distance this lady, she has crutches. And she has this big, huge, you know, casting on her leg. So inside of me, I was like, I know Jesus can heal her. I know he can touch her. I know the truth. He can heal her. So what do we do in those moments when that burning starts happening that, and you feel it? Do you just walk off and say a little prayer later? Or do you act on the word? I decided to act on the word. But here's what happened. I see her in the distance, set my coffee down, so I start jogging. Ma'am, hey! Hey! I'm shouting her down. When she sees me, she did not say hello. She jumped to her car. Oh my God! Whoa! She got scared. She thought I was running at her. She, I scared her. She backed up to her truck and I stopped and I said, Oh my gosh, this is horrible. What do I do? I said, I committed to this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it all the way through. I'm going. I said, ma'am, I saw you from the other side of the parking lot. Oh, she's freaking out. I'm like, oh, I just said the wrong. Like, how much worse can I make this? You know, oh, my gosh. I saw you from the other side. Man, that's she's probably thinking this creep is just, oh, my gosh. So I'm there. And I was like, ma'am, I just can, can I pray for you? No. Now, what do you do? She said, no. It gets worse. So I said, okay. I said, ma'am, I just wanted to pray for you. I said, that's all I wanted to do. I'm so sorry. I said, I just, I saw you over here. I know Jesus can heal you. Can't pray for you. She says, no. I said, okay. Ma'am, can I please pray for you? And I keep asking. She says, okay, okay, you can. And I don't know why I said this. I said, ma'am, can I just put my hand on your leg? No! She's freaking out. I don't know. Like, there's no formula to these things. There's no word. Like, there's no book that says, here's how you approach someone this way or anything. She's freaking out. So I said, you know what, ma'am? I said, it's okay if I just pray right here. And I mean, I'm like sweating. I'm, this is so crazy. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus. I'm just standing there. I said, I pray that your will be done in her life. And I pray that whatever pain she's experiencing, that you would heal her. So I know you can do this. I pray that she have an encounter with you. She says, thank you. Gets in her car. She's out. For all I know, she was telling people to this day stories about the creep that ran up to her. (laughs) Who knows? I don't know what happened. I don't know where she's at. But this lady has a traumatizing story about some guy trying to pray for her. But at the same time, I have no idea if she went home and she encountered Jesus. Simply because I just chose to be obedient to what I was feeling. Didn't matter how it went through. So you will learn as the Holy Spirit leads you. There will be some awkward times. 
There will be times where what you are hoping for to come right then and there doesn't happen. Don't let that discourage you because it is still the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is powerful and he will go beyond our own understanding. Ephesians says that he is able to exceed abundantly and greatly all the things that we are expecting. Do you know he is able to exceed what we're expecting for? Our expectation to say, Holy Spirit, you can do this. The Lord is saying, yes, he can, but I'm going to exceed that. I'm going to abundantly go beyond that. I don't know what happened to her, and I don't need to know. All I need to know is that, Holy Spirit, I obeyed you when I felt that leading. So time goes by, and we're still at church where, you know, we had this morning prayer time. We're praying, and we're fasting. Lord, use us, use us, use us. Oh, God, you know, ministry, ministry, ministry. We're zealous. And we're working at the same time through all this time. We're holding jobs. As young men, we got our responsibilities. We have to pay our own rent. We got to do different things. So I'm working at a Whole Foods, if you're familiar with, with that store. I'm a cashier. And I'm just, man, I was awesome at it. I'm like trying to go fast scanning these things, you know. I remember I was always like, Lord, I'm going to work unto you. Because we're supposed to be diligent with everything we do. And I'm just scanning all these things fast and everything. I'm thinking in my mind, one day, Lord, I'm not going to work. And I'm going to be in ministry. I don't have to work a normal job. I don't have to do this. Because my idea of ministry was me, 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 me. So here, so, you know, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. And all of a sudden, I hear this voice inside of me. And says, you have the wrong idea about ministry. So I just stop, you know. I'm like, well, okay. Well, Lord, help me. Help me. And he said, do you know that I've been trying to reach people here in this line in front of you? He said, and you're so prideful and conceited. You're so worried about yourself and your idea that I haven't been able to touch anyone. And when he told me that, yeah, when the Lord rebukes you, when the Lord corrects you, it's not always good feeling, but he corrects those he loves. And if you're willing to obey that, he will take you where he needs to. If you put your pride aside. So immediately, I'm at this cash, you know, I'm a cashier at this register. I turn off my light. I say, can I go to the restroom? They say, yeah, go ahead. I go to the restroom. I just, my heart broke because I realized I am so prideful. I have so much pride inside of me that my idea of all these things, it, it's been so messed up because of religion. Because of the religious mindset that says, here's how it looks. Here's how it has to be. This is the way it goes. Here's the formula you follow, but it's a man's formula, not God's formula. So I come back to the register and I say, Lord, I repent for that. Help me to be humble. To follow you when you're speaking. So I'm just praying. And here comes this lady in my line. This next lady. And I say, Holy Spirit, okay. Here's my chance, Lord. Give me another opportunity. Don't leave me. Don't, you know, I'm just like saying all these things. And all of a sudden I say, Holy, okay, here we go. She comes up. Oh, it's the meanest lady I can come across. So now I'm being tested, right? So how are you? Fine. So, okay. So, man, you find everything. Mm. So, okay. I said, well, here I go. I'm scanning her items. You're going too fast. My bag's too full. It's going to be too heavy. I can't carry that. Are you going to carry it out there for me? I'm thinking, wow. Oh, man. So now I slow down. I'm trying to help, you know, trying to listen to her. And she stops after she pays and she just says, young man, I apologize. She said, I'm so sorry. 
She said, I am so sorry because I've been taking out all my frustration on you. I said, you're okay. And she just stops and looks at me. She says, you've been so patient with me. She said, do you go to church anywhere? I said, I'm going to this place and stuff. She says, I can feel the love of God coming off you. And she says, thank you for just being patient and loving. Thank you for just listening. And thank you for helping me. I didn't say a word. To, I didn't minister to her. I didn't lay hands on her. I didn't do anything. What I did is got out of the way, set my pride aside and said, Holy Spirit, do what you need to do. And the presence of the Lord that has been developing in my life and growing, it just began to just surround her. That's it. Nothing in me. Nothing around. No word. No magical prayer line that I came around and said, everyone, I need a catcher. Nothing. Nothing like that. The presence of the Lord touched her. And I began to see that is where ministry is. We have this idea of ministries right here in these buildings. It is out there to the lost. You're not lost no more. You've been found. You've been redeemed. You've been filled with power. You are not the one in need of help anymore. You are the one given power to help the lost and broken. We are not to, we're not to just keep coming to church to be fixed over and over and over. You've been made perfect through Christ. So what you need to do is step out in faith and let the Holy Spirit stir up everything in your life for those who are lost and broken. That's called the equipping of the Holy Spirit. That's obedience and walking with Him. Well, it doesn't stop there. We're at prayer one morning. And this guy shows up out of nowhere to the church on a bike. And he's pedaling, I think, with one leg. You know, he's just kind of doing his thing, he injured his leg. Now I'm thinking, who is this guy? Pass him, I go in for prayer. Then someone from leadership comes into the church and says, there's a man out here who needs a ride. And I told him, one of you young men are going to take him where he needs to go. Well, when that said, you just kind of, everyone wait. Who's it going to be? You know, we're all in prayer right now. Who's got to be the, the one doing this service? You know, who's serving today? So I'll look at each other, you know, and we're like, well, well, who's the one with the small truck that can fit the bike? Here I am. I said, okay. I said, yeah, I'll, I'll take him. I'll go. I said, come on, man. Let's get in the car. He's limping into the car, you know, sits down. I pick up his bike and I put it in the back of the truck. We're sitting down inside. It's a single, single cab, small little S10. You know, we're real close. I said, where are you going? He says, well, I'm just coming over here to the, what's called the hills where I live at, just a few miles down the road, little shopping center. So I'll take you, man. Let's go. So we're sitting there. I'm just being quiet. And all of a sudden he says, yeah, man, I'm going through a hard time. I'm, oh, my family. This just all starts opening up. I'm like, man, where'd this come from? I didn't even say nothing, you know. He's just, oh, I'm in pain and this. I mean, he's just weeping and crying. Tell me his whole life story. And all of a sudden I just, inside, I feel... And he's the Holy Spirit. I said, are you born again? He says, yeah, I ran from God. You know, I left church and stuff. He said, but yeah, I am. I said, are you filled with the Holy Ghost? He says, no. I said, do you want to be? He said, what's that? I said, oh, this is good. I said, the Holy Spirit's going to come in. It's going to change everything in your life. Jesus said to the disciples, you're going to wait until the Holy Spirit comes. And when he comes, you're going to receive power. As he's going to guide you. He's 
the comforter. It's not just a comforter in the sense of make you feel good where you are because he just wants to bring peace. He comforts you through all things, trials, tribulations, as you grow, as you make mistakes. He helps you, guides you into all truth. He brings to remembrance everything Jesus taught his disciples. The truth is in you and it's brought up. And he's looking at me like, yeah, well, okay, what do we do? I said, man, just say this. Just say, Holy Spirit, fill me. So he said, Holy Spirit, fill me. And in, in my mind, I'm like, oh, I got, you know, let me lay my hands on him. So I'm, before I even touch him, he's praying. And I was like, man, that, just like that, he got it. He's shaking in there. So now I'm encouraged. I'm like, yes, what's the next thing? And he's like, oh, man, what is this? I said, I don't know, man, but I feel the fire too. I hit his leg. Bam. I said, be healed. And he jumps and he says, what was that? I said, I don't know. I just stepped out in faith. I know what's happening. This guy starts moving his leg. And he says, I haven't done this in a long time. He said, the pain's gone. This man was limping into my truck when I was taking him. In faith, this boldness came over me. I grabbed his leg and said, be healed in Jesus' name. He's filled with the Holy Spirit and the power of God is making it evident to him that he has received the Holy Spirit. So I'd come to this place, the hills. He gets out of the truck, comes to the bed of the truck, he says, thank you so much. Just points at me, nothing. You know, I didn't say, hey, man, my name is this and this. If you want to pour into my ministry, hey, here's this. If you want to give an offering, do you want to deal? <laughs> nothing like that. That's not what happened. He says, thank you so much. Goes to the bed of the truck. He picks up his own bike that he couldn't carry. He puts it on his shoulders and he walks off. And I'm sitting there just crying. I said, oh, my gosh, what just happened? What just happened? I'm in shock. Lord, did you really just do that? So now I'm zealous even more. I'm excited. And it's burning inside of me because where I'm, I, I was discouraged. I didn't see something happen for years and years and years and years. It was growing in me. What God was teaching me was there the whole time. It was always there. Your ideas, your philosophy, your theology, your understanding that it has to be this way. You have to get out of the way. Who cares what it looks like? Who cares what the Holy Spirit's giving you to do? It doesn't matter what someone else is doing. What matters is that you are obedient to the Holy Spirit for what He has qualified you to do and the work He's giving you to do. It doesn't matter. What matters is the Holy Spirit. What matters is that you are obedient to Jesus. What matters is that you are intimate with Him, that you are in a relationship with Him, that you spend time with Him daily, that you get in His Word and that He becomes your source, that He teaches you and shows you who you are. You are a good tree that produces good fruit, full of power, walking as light in a place that is darkness. We expose the works of evil. We don't agree with them. We love those who are lost to draw them into the kingdom. We have been given power. So it doesn't stop. It just keeps growing. I go to our favorite coffee place one time. I'm like, I'm going to get my coffee. Again, because that's Jesus. Coffee is the Lord. Amen. We've got to have our coffee. So I'm in this place. Go in. There's a gentleman who we see time and time again by the name of Sean. He would stand up in this coffee shop when he would see us, when we'd all come in. He would stand up in the middle of this coffee shop and he would begin to growl. And he would just look at us and he would kind of slump down like this and he'd start, start chanting. So we've seen him over and over a few times. And I'd say, hey, Sean, how you doing? Saw him again. 
Sean, how are you doing today? Mm. Like, my gosh. So one day I go by myself. I see him outside. He's rolling his own little cigarettes. I pass by him. And he says, you know, Jesus loves me. And this crazy voice. I'm not, I didn't even know he can talk. He was always just grunting. I said, yeah, Sean, I know he does. He says, let me read you what I'm writing. I said, it's okay. I don't want to hear it. Thank you. Because I knew what he was going to do. He's going to begin to tell me some crazy, crazy things. Now, this man has shared his story with me when I sat with him. Do you remember Columbine when that happened? He would sit there and tell me. He said, you know, those guys, I see them every night. He said, I visit with them. He said, I see the torment they're in. He said, at night, my favorite thing to do is leave my body and I like to torment Christians. He said, I can't die. He said, I drink bleach and they don't let me. So this man has got some crazy stuff going on. He's got some devils working in his life. We're not talking about just someone who is giving room to the devil. This is a demonized person. And these devils constantly would manifest. Every time we're around. First time I'm in this situation like this. I was never afraid. I had peace. Because I read my Bible. I know what Jesus did. So I said, Sean, you need Jesus. He said, no. I said, yes, you do. I said, Sean, I have the Holy Ghost. I said, all of heaven's backing me up. I said, I would love to pray for you. He said, no, I don't want prayer. Time and time again, Sean, I see you, man. You need Jesus. Let me pray for you. No, no, no. The day came where he said, sure, let's pray. I said, okay, yeah, man, let's pray. He said, but I want to go to that alley over there. He goes, I don't want no one to see me. So when he said that, what do you do? Do you run and say, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? I'm not going to go over there. What if he attacks me? What if something goes on crazy, right? Oh, I got the power of the Holy Ghost. I have faith and boldness. I said, let's do it. So I go and I start talking to him. And he says, the man with the fiery eyes that lives across the world, he said, he hates you. He doesn't like you. And he's telling me this. And I said, really? He says, I hate you. I said, where is he? He said, he's standing right here behind you. He said, his eyes are on fire and he hates you. He does not like you. And he came from the other side of the world right now just for you. I said, Sean, I don't like him either. I said, but I have Jesus. I said, he has no more power. I said, Sean, I'm going to lay my hands on you. He said, don't touch me. I said, well, we're going to pray. So I began to pray, Father, right now in the name of Jesus. He's standing in front of me. I said, in Jesus' mighty name, Father, this torment that he's experienced, these devils that have come into his life, in the mighty name of Jesus, I command you to come out of him. And I hear in my spirit, lay your hands on his head. Now, he just said no. But the Holy Spirit's telling me, lay your hands on his head. What voice do we obey? Again, there's no formula. There's no book teaching you on all these things. What do we do? We obey the Holy Spirit. So I just place my hand on his head. And as soon as I do, this power just goes through him. And he stops and shakes real quick. And he looks at me and he's locked eyes with me. 
And he's just looking around like this. All of a sudden, it was like this man became sober in an instant. And I said, Sean, what's going on? He said, that man with the fiery eyes, he said, the moment you touched me, he ran. I said, Sean, do you know what's going on? He said, I've never felt like this before. He said, man, do you have $5? I said, absolutely, yeah, here's five bucks. He said, I need to go see my family. Never seen him again. Ever. So in the moment, what do you do? Wait, Sean, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Here, here's my ministry, so into my ministry. Wait, Sean, I didn't tell you the gospel. Wait, 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 hold on. No, he wants to go, he's doing something. You know what we do? Father, send the laborers. Father, send people to water that seed. Father, send people to fill that place with the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, I pray right now that you go after him. That that never happened to him again. My job is not to follow through the outcome. My job is to get out of the way. My job was the seed. Someone else is going to come water. And then the harvest will be reaped by someone else. We have to know what role we're playing in everything. Too many times we put our hands to something. We want to see the outcome immediately. And we force and impose ourselves over the will of God. Because we want to see it happen before our eyes. So we sit there. Father, I pray for healing. Didn't happen. Healing, 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 healing. What if the person who's needing healing has to get the bitterness out of their heart first? And we're praying for healing when Jesus is saying, you need to forgive. So we're praying our will against the will of the Father. That's witchcraft. There's no other word for it. It is witchcraft when you pray your will over the Father's will. These things are going to begin to happen for all of you. The Holy Spirit is building you up, equipping you, drawing those gifts out of you. And everywhere you go, this is going to start to happen. Everywhere you go, the Lord is going to begin to stir up that gift inside of you. And it's your job. To obey him when he does. It is your job to obey him when he begins to lead you into these places. If you feel like you're supposed to pray for someone, do not resist the Holy Spirit. If you feel that he gives you a word for someone, don't be afraid of how crazy it sounds like. Or if you think it's just you. Because that word might change the life of a person. If the Lord begins to use you in visions and dreams, I encourage you to write down everything you can remember. And then pray over it. And say, Lord, what are you showing me? Give me understanding. Father, who can I share this with that will help me see what you're showing me? If he gives you words for the body or an individual, I'm going to encourage you to find a person which you have a wonderful pastor to say, can you please help me weigh out this word? Help me weigh out what's being said. That it is not just me, but that my hearing is sharpened to know that it is the voice of the Lord. I have a word for the body. Let's weigh it out and judge it. You're not a solo person just operating. You are still under authority to the body because the body is subject to Christ. But it doesn't stop right there. More things began to happen. More things began to happen over and over and over. And do you know what it was? The Holy Spirit, not me. Nothing in me. The Lord was just stirring up the gifts in my life. That's all he was doing. In the book of Acts, if you have your Bible, turn there, chapter 3. It's a story that we all know. There's a man asking for alms at his gate. And we know this in verse 6. 
It says, then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now at this time, they were filled by the Holy Spirit. Jesus said the Holy Spirit is going to come give you power. So Peter has to make a decision here. Do I act on what was said and given to us? Or do I just pass this man like we've always have? Because Jesus was the only one who can do it. But Jesus said, I am coming. I am filling you. The day will come when the Holy Spirit is not just around you, but in you, dwelling in you. You receive power. So Peter decides, yeah, I don't have gold and silver. Here's what I do have. Rise up and walk in the name of Jesus. It says people were amazed at this. They began to marvel. And he says this. Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? Peter knew where this came from immediately. He didn't say, yes, 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 look at me. I have now received power. Here's what I have. Here's my abilities. He said, it's all through Jesus. Everything that I do is through Jesus and not by anything else. Anything you're going to do is by Jesus and by nothing else. Everyone say, by faith, by faith. In, Jesus name. in Jesus' name. Say it again, by faith, by faith. In, Jesus name. in Jesus' name. That is the power. It's by faith in Jesus' mighty name. Not by our own doing. And over these past few days, the Holy Spirit's been equipping us, breaking strongholds, bringing us into a place it's me included. It's always us included. We're never left out. It's one collective whole, corporately, all as individuals, but as one body. To equip us, stir us up, bringing us into this place where we are ridding ourselves of our own ideas, our own pride, our own selfishness, our own self-centered things, and bringing us to a place where we're so focused on Him. So focused on Him. When I walked in this room today, I felt an immediate change. From the moment I got here to right now. There was this unity. There's this boldness and faith that's right here. And the attention is only Jesus. I could feel it in the spirit. It's been sharpened. His body has been sharpened. It's not by my doing or the words or anything I brought. It's Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit. It's only the Holy Spirit. So we read Peter, he heals this man by the power of Jesus. Now look at this, go to Acts 14. And go to verse 8 when you're there. Here's another example of the Holy Spirit moving. But this time it's different. It says here in verse 8, And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's room, from his mother's womb, who had never walked. Now this man is sitting. He's never walked before. From birth. He's in this condition. And it says, This man heard Paul speaking. What was he speaking? 
Jesus. Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, the living Jesus, the living King, Holy Ghost, is preaching the truth. It says this man was just listening. It says Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, he said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. So we read these things and we're like, oh, is Paul just sitting there like, ah, brother, stand up on your feet. You got some strength. Faith is coming. No. He's talking about Jesus. We're shouting earlier. He says, stand up on your feet. Because faith was built in this man from the words that were coming. How do we hear the word of God if there's no preacher? How do we hear? Where is our faith built? By hearing the word of God. Well, it says here that he saw this man intently. And he says to him. Stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. How awesome would that be? He didn't even touch him. Didn't even touch him. He was in the back. Far away from him. All he was doing was listening. And the word of God was penetrating his heart. And this man's faith was being built. And he said, that's the Jesus I need. That is where my source is. That's the power. That's where everything changes. That's where my. That's where I'm going to receive strength right there. As he's hearing, because he's hearing testimony. Jesus, Holy Spirit. Jesus is alive. Jesus can heal you. Jesus can touch you. Jesus is the only one we need. Jesus is the source. Jesus is power. He's living, sitting at the right hand of the Father. Jesus, who ascended and gave gifts. Jesus is alive. And this man is seeing this. And he's probably shaking in his chair. He's probably sitting there just saying, yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, I'm received. And all of a sudden, Paul sees and says, stand up and be healed. And this man shoots up and leaps and walks. Some of you in here right now, you've been waiting for someone to give you a word. You've been waiting for someone to come lay hands. You've been waiting for something to happen in your life when Jesus has been speaking to you and you're not responding to him. Jesus is coming after you. Jesus is drawing you. Jesus is saying, I'm right here. I'm the source. I'm the sustenance you need. I am the only thing that you need in your life, but you're looking somewhere else. I'm saying, Jesus, I'm right here. Hello. I'm in front of you. We act as if we have to work something up to get his attention. You know, when we enter into worship. We're saying, okay, we're going to worship and then the presence is going to come. We're going to muster up the presence. We're going to create the presence to come. And then we think, oh, I'm going to worship and worship and worship. I'm going to get close to God. And we view him like every time we say, Jesus, I love you. He takes a step away from us. Jesus, I love you. He takes a step away from us. And we're trying to get him, you know. So eventually we see it as, Jesus, I love you. And you're, and you're running after him. And he's like, well, only if you catch me. Come on. You know, that's not what's happening. Before those words leave your mouth and you're saying, Jesus, I love He's right here in front of you. Ready to hold you to... To bring you into his presence, into his arms. Waiting for you to just break before him. When we say that we have become broken, it's not, it doesn't mean we're damaged. It doesn't mean we're lacking something. It doesn't mean something in us is wrong. It means when we become broken, all dependency, all our hope, 
We're at the end of our abilities that we come and we can find it nowhere else but at the feet of Jesus. That is when we break and hit those points and we see him for who he is. The Lord is drawing you in. He's been wooing you. That word scares people. Right? No. He's drawing you in. Bringing you into him. Everything changes in the presence of the Lord. Everything. So these things start happening in my life. And when they happen, they're new at that time. But then what happens as you see them continue, you get confident in what the Lord's doing. You become confident in what he's given you. See, my role is not like another person's. And I have to be confident in what the Lord's given me to do. If I can't teach like someone, that's okay. If I don't say things like someone, that's okay. The Lord knows me as an individual and my own personality. He's equipped me and given me grace on my life to do the work that he's appointed me to do. But at the heart of it, it's Jesus, not me. At the heart of it, it's always exalting the Father, not me. At the heart of it is building up the body, not myself. At the heart of it is for your edification, for your building, for your success, that you would walk forward. Because if you are called into ministry, we are the bottom of all things, lifting up the body in service to you. Because Jesus came to serve. He came to show us the way. He washed his disciples' feet and set examples of love. To We have to be willing to walk together in all things, knowing where the roles that we have fit. While we submit to authority and we submit to correction, we submit to the great Holy Spirit. Like I said, I didn't stop there. You know, I have a nine-year-old daughter. She loves, for a girl, I mean, she loves playing video games. There's nothing wrong with that. That's just what she likes. She's watching some stuff on YouTube. And you know that people sneak so much stuff into social media. And they're trying to come after our children. You know that YouTube kid has mild forms of adult entertainment on there. And it'll just pop up across things. And you'll never know it. Because it's just so quick to flash before their eyes. I was into I was introduced to adult entertainment by the time I was in first grade. So what the devil did through that was to he already set the course of my life. He had already determined the way my life was going to go. Because of that. And now where the body should be opposing it. The body's accepting of it. Saying it's okay. This is who you are. You discover it. You take care of it. You do and be whoever you want to be. Because that confusion has been allowed into the body. But we're not going to be those. Who are doing that. We're going to rise up in boldness. And oppose that wickedness. Does not mean that we have to go and tear things down. And tear people down. It means that we're not going to agree with it. And we're not going to make an agreement with the enemy over it. We're going to speak victory. We're going to stand boldly and firmly on the word of the Lord. And we have every right to shepherd our own houses and our own children. No one else can do that for us. But our kids need the Holy Spirit as much as anyone else. 
Every day that I see my daughter go to school, I pray, Holy Spirit, be with her. Use her. Open her mouth to proclaim your word. Give her peace and discernment. And if anyone, anyone with a bad motive or intention would come near her, I pray the fire of the Holy Ghost would come over them and they would not even come close. So my young daughter, she's, she's all of a sudden watching things and her, beha- her behavior changes. She starts changing her behavior. She's talking back and kids are going to talk back. But this was not a normal type of talking back. This was an argumentative type of thing. She was fighting everything we were saying. She was having night terrors at night. She was having different things that were happening to her. So I said, Holy Spirit, please give me understanding of what's happening. Why is this happening? And I had a dream. And in the dream, I was in my own house. And I was on my bed. And I looked down to the hallway and I saw someone. I couldn't see who they were. I couldn't make them out, but I saw someone. So my dream, that same intensity, came over me. I got up and I said, get out of my house. I come down my hall, it disappeared. So I'm running through my own house chasing this thing. Right? I keep seeing it move from side to side. I, every time I turn to see it, it's somewhere else. And I'm doing things. And I'm getting frustrated in my dream. And I'm trying to hit this thing and I can't. It keeps moving. It's disappearing. I say, I stop. I remember I said, Holy Spirit. In my dream, I'm talking this way. I said, Holy Spirit, help me in this situation. I said, Devil, you have no authority here. Expose yourself. And all of a sudden, I can hear something behind me. And I turn around. I've never had this happen before. But I see this demon. He's not large. He's not big. Nothing. He's got this big brain. And I'm thinking, what is this? It's crazy. Maybe it's the spicy food I had at night, you know, before I went to sleep. What's going on? And I wake up. Holy Spirit tells me your daughter's becoming addicted. It's in her mind. I said, I know what to do. So I tell my wife, here's what's going on. So here's what's going on. I tell her, I said, she's becoming addicted to what she's watching. And because every time we would take it away, she would begin to throw these fits. Every time we say, you can't have that and we limit it, she gets mad and upset. And she goes to her room and stomps around and says, I'm so bored, I can't do this. And she's throwing these crazy fits that she shouldn't be throwing. So I said, come here, sweetheart. Sit down. I talked to her this way. I said, sweetheart, you know, daddy, daddy loves video games too. I grew up playing them. I gave her this example. I said, you know, one time I came home, sweetheart. I said, and I came home from church. I went straight to the TV, turned on a video game, and my mom was in the kitchen. I said, Grandma Rosie was in there. And she said, oh, what happened? I said, I didn't even say hi to Grandma Rosie. My thought all day was video, video game, video game, video game, video game, video game, video. I couldn't think of anything else. My brain was being wired to become addicted to these things. Now, if you play video games, that's not, that's not what I'm coming against. I'm coming against the habit and the addiction that it causes in you. The same way someone says, well, I'm not addicted, but you're dependent. It's a fixation on something you're doing. So I sat her. I said, well, you know, daddy went through that too. I said, daddy became addicted. Daddy was drawn to this. I said, honey, that's what's happening to you, Okay. I said, so I'm going to limit this. I said, I'm going to take it away for a while. I said, but let's pray right now that God would give you peace and understanding, that you understand what's going on. And we prayed, night and day difference. 
Did I have to cast this devil out of her? Did I have to sit there and go through a whole battle with her or anything? No. Holy Spirit will give you wisdom. But he exposed what was happening because of what the agenda is towards our children. doesn't matter what anyone says. There is an agenda towards our children, whether you believe it or not. Whether you think people have the best interest of your child, they do not. They do not. And what's starting to creep in places is because of a lack of discernment in the body of Christ. And a lack of opposing the wickedness. Because fear is creeping into the body of Christ. And we're more afraid of the enemy than we ever have been. And so this equipping is to stir you up that you would be these pillars of fire, pillars of boldness where you are. Here in this environment, here in this city, wherever the Lord has you, that you would be a steward of everything he's giving you. Because these things are going to begin to happen. These gifts that the Lord has put in my life are not special to me. They're for you as well. You have the same thing. Just because I can work in a certain gift doesn't mean it's only limited to me. It means that it's going to work in your life as well. These gifts are available to you. By the Holy Spirit. This is his ministry. The gifts of the Spirit. But he comes with boldness and fire. Cuando el Espíritu Santo te llena, hermano, todo cambia. Todo cambia en la vida cuando el Espíritu Santo te llena de poder. Lo sabes. El Espíritu Santo te quiere llenar de poder en este momento. Y todo va a cambiar en la vida de usted. Todo va a cambiar en la vida de usted. El Espíritu Santo te va a llenar de poder. Y todo va a cambiar. Para la familia. Es todo. Todo lo que estás orando. El Señor te está poniendo atención a usted. Y te va a llenar de poder. Y va a cambiar todo en la vida de usted. I haven't spoken Spanish in a long time. But the Holy Spirit drew him here today for a reason. You have to be willing to step out in faith. You cannot be afraid what the Holy Spirit wants to do. You cannot. There's a stirring these past few days that's just been happening. It's like there's just this momentum that's been building. It's almost like this bomb's just going to go off. There's something that's going to happen. We've been saying it's an increase. It's an increase. It's an increase. It's an, we, we don't even have words to put towards what God wants to do sometimes. But something is going to radically change right here in this house that is going to affect the city. The city is going to experience something. Each of you are going to experience something in your individual lives, your families as a whole. The presence of God is going to begin manifesting in such a way. There's something that's going to happen. You can feel it. You just feel it boiling over. Man, it's the time to run. I felt that the other day. I was like, I just want to run. I'm not a runner, but I want to run. I just want to shout. There's so many things. Some of you need to on the drive home. What you need to do, you just need to shout in the car. Be joyful and rejoice. 
There's been restoration. There's been power that's been given to us. So many things. So I'm going to share this last story with you. And then I want to pray for every single person in here. That the fire of the Holy Spirit would fill you. That you would be filled with boldness. That he would stir up those gifts inside of you. That he would equip you. That he would fill you with his word. That he would open your eyes to the things that he's given you. That he would draw you in so deep that the power can be manifest in your life. Because you have a job to do. You have work to accomplish. If you need prayer for anything else, that's fine. We're going to pray for you. But if you feel that drawing, you've known it, you feel it, you just know this is happening, I want to make sure that we pray for you, that you are equipped, that you are stirred up. Those stories I shared, it's going to begin to happen in your life everywhere you go, everywhere. You cannot sit in the Lord's presence and not be a carrier of that presence everywhere you go. It's impossible. And because you feel it, you see it, there's something that happens to you when you begin to experience and encounter the Lord. It's undeniable and it changes your life and no one can take that from you. But when the Lord begins to use you in your gifting and you begin to see Him move, it builds your faith. Because you see, where you were first afraid and say, I'm not going to step out, but you do anyways and you see the Holy Spirit move, all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, this is good. Your faith is built. The first time you see the Lord heal someone, this faith comes in you. And there's no doubt against what he can do. There's no doubt if he can, you know he will. It is the Lord's will. But recently, my wife and I went through a pretty crazy week. Right before we came. She has a younger sister who's about 28 years old. She was driving with her boyfriend in a car. I don't know where she tried to jump out of the car. Moving car, right? Somewhere around 40 miles per hour. Her boyfriend was able to catch her in time, grab the hoodie she was wearing, held her, pulled her in, pulls the car over, and she's having this fit. She's screaming. She's having this episode. Something's manifesting in her. So he's trying to do in his understanding... He's not born again of what's going on. He's helping her. She's screaming. So more cars pull over thinking he's attacking her. So they rush him and help her by restraining him. And she's screaming. So now the situation's backwards. Well, she ends up having to be admitted somewhere. And when my wife hears this news, oh man, that's her sister. She, she loves her sister. She says, what, what's going on? What do we do? I said, you're going to be patient. You're going to be filled with hope. And you're going to wait for the opportunity that the Holy Spirit's going to open up for us to minister to your sister. So the family's in an uproar. Oh my gosh, can you believe this happened? Do you see all this happening? Words of discouragement, words of doubt, fears entering in. I keep telling her, just be patient. Just be patient. The Holy Spirit's going to make room for us. The Holy Spirit's going to make opportunity for us to, to work in this situation. A week later... She gets a call from her sister. She's 
at home. She has been released. And she says, come pick me up. Come pick me up. Come pick me up right now, right now, right now. She's freaking out, having an episode, right? And my wife's telling me what's happening. And I said, I told you, just be patient. I said, she's now reaching you, asking for help. That's our open door. I said, let me go see what I can do. So I drive to her apartment. I'm watching her. She doesn't recognize me, doesn't know who I am. She curls up in a ball on the couch, and she's terrified of me. She's crying. She's not in her right mind. Her name's Chloe. And I said, Chloe, I said, honey, what's going on? She's, I'm terrified of you right now. I said, that's okay. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to help you. So I'm trying to talk to her, you know. And I'm being cautious because I'm by myself, so I'm at the doorway. She's in her apartment. Door's completely open, and I'm where people can see me. I said, Chloe, what's going on? I said, what what are you experiencing? She says, fear. I'm terrified. So I said, okay. I said, I love you, okay? I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to help you. I said, but I need to know what's going on. So she begins to tell me what she's doing. She tells me all the things that she's gotten into. I said, Chloe, can I pray for you? She says, no. Situation again, right? I get told no. But now I know better. I said, Holy Spirit, I'm just going to wait for you. So I'm praying, Holy Spirit, fill this place. Let your presence come in. Father, fill this place with your presence. Bring peace. And Father, make this manifest. Whatever's going on, this work of wickedness, this evil spirit. Father, make it manifest. Show me what's going on. So I'm talking to her. I'm being patient. I said, Chloe, I'm here to help you, honey. What do we need to do? Talking and talking and talking. And all of a sudden, she curls up again in this ball. She's crying. And I come over next to her and I kneel down. I said, Chloe, I'm going to pray for you. And her face just changes. She, she, I can't tell you when someone is in torment to the degree that it's not just a mental thing, physically, emotionally. There's this torment that's going on. I've never seen someone look so sad. I mean, the countenance on her face. So I'm watching her. I said, Chloe, I'm going to pray for you. She's not responding at this point. Now she's just locked eyes with me. She's saying nothing. I said, Chloe, do you want this to stop? And she's just shaking her head. I said, do you want to be free from this right now? And she's shaking her head. I said, I'm going to pray for you right now. She says, okay. So I'm holding her hands. I, put my, I just put my hand on her. I said, in the mighty name of Jesus, you come out of her right now. She shoots up off the couch and runs to the balcony. There wasn't this crazy battle I went, this crazy manifestation. There was no screaming and doing things. She ran out to the balcony. She, she doesn't know what's going on. She closes the door, comes inside and looks at me. I said, Chloe, can you hear me? And she says, yes. I said, do you know what's going on? She says, yes. I said, give me every single thing that you've been involving yourself in, every book, every item, everything you've opened yourself up to. She knew immediately what was going on. She ran to her shelves, gets his backpack, starts loading it up with books that she's been reading, different things on covens. She's given me these items that she's been going. I said, Chloe, are you practicing anything right now? Are you opening your side, doing anything? She says, no, I'm not. I said, what are you taking? And she says, I'm taking this, 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 this. And then she starts listing things. There was this small window where this soberness came over her. And she's immediately responding to all these things. I'm trying to do everything I can with the wisdom the Holy Spirit's giving me to do in that moment. Now, we got her to our house. 
her boyfriend was able to drive her. She gets to our house and the full-blown manifestation happens. Took all three of her sisters to hold her down. She's in our laundry room, kicking, screaming, yelling. So my wife's sister says, I got to get the girls out of here. (laughs) Takes my youngest daughter, my oldest daughter, takes them to her house. Because these are not born again people. Okay, her sisters are not. No one in the family. So they're watching this happen and they only have one understanding. This is crazy. She's crazy. This is nuts. So my wife comes and tells me. She says, I need your help. I said, okay, I'm coming. I go into the laundry room and I bear hug her. I grab her. I'm holding her because she's, she's really manifesting. It's, it's, when this is happening, when the Bible says that Jesus came where that man was in the caves, the Gadarenes, right? He was in the cave and said, break the chains off. He had this legion. There's a supernatural strength that happens when these things go on. And it's pretty intense when you watch them. You cannot be afraid. What ended up happening, because there's so many things involved, my wife, out of her love for her sister, she said, sweetheart, I don't think right now is the day that she's going to be fully delivered. She said, the Holy Spirit's telling me to call 911. Does that make sense? Is that, is that Jesus right in that moment? It's not, it's not what we would like to see. But she does it anyway. She says, I need to follow what the Holy Spirit's telling. So I'm holding her and I'm sitting on the floor keeping her from harming herself. I'm praying for her the whole time. And this devil's talking to me, saying things to me. But the whole time I'm saying, Father, please touch her, heal her. Your will be done. She got, she had to be readmitted. Okay. I'm sharing that for this reason. Was it the outcome that we would want? No, that's not what we're hoping for. And my wife went through this discouraging moment where she said, my sister, we couldn't help her. I said, that's not true. Then the Holy Spirit reveals to her and says, I will make the opportunity. This is a greater work than just her. The unbelieving family members are about to see the power of the Lord move. She's going to be delivered fully. And her sisters and everyone who's watching this from a natural perspective is going to see the glory of the Lord in her life. And it's going to be a testimony that they will never be able to deny the Lord. She's going to be delivered. And we just have to be patient and wait for what the Lord's going to open up and how he's doing it. Because the hearts of her sisters and family members are not believing right now are being softened. The hardness, the callousness on their heart is being softened and challenged. And the Lord is going to move. So don't worry about the outcome. Don't worry about what happens. You stand firm on what the Lord is telling you. And you begin to obey the Lord. You begin to walk with Him. Over these past few days, how many of you have felt that stirring and felt that faith and boldness in your life just begin to rise and change? You can tell that it's come, you can tell the changes that are happening. It's the Holy Spirit. 
How many of you are feeling that draw to just get more intimate with him, get more deeper into relationship with him, to sit at his feet more? How many of you are seeing the urgency, but also the unity that has to come to operate in the fullness of the Lord? It is not by our abilities, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's right here. You shall receive power. And everything changes. So if you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, you do not pray in tongues. I want to make sure before you leave that we pray for you. That you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit if you are praying for it. And I'm going to ask that you will just stand over here on this side, right here. If that is you, if that's what you are praying for and believing for. Otherwise, every single person who wants prayer, I'm asking you to start lining up on this side. I'm going to ask Zach again and Ms. Roberta to come and we're going to minister to you and we're going to pray for you. And the Holy Spirit, if He gives any of us a word to speak, we will speak it. But today we're praying specifically that you would be empowered, filled with boldness, you would be filled with faith, with hope, that you would begin to step out in faith and operate and move in the grace and the measure of the Lord that he's given you. Because the Lord is going to fill you and give these gifts. He's bringing those gifts forward. It's for the working of ministry and there is a work to be done here.